Welcome to the Sporting Ones AFL podcast. Look, it's Kenny Round 15 edition. And uh, just starting off, we'll uh, touch base on Round 14 and the last of the buy rounds. So last Thursday night, it was the Eagles by 35 points over the Bombers. Uh, and really should have been, if you look at the uh, scoring shots, should have been in the range of probably over 10 goals. Uh, the Swans by 19 points over the Hawks, again, probably dominated them for a lot of the period of that match and well-deserved. And the Swans look to be uh, right back on track now, uh, definitely with their younger players coming through, although a bit of a setback to uh, Bunny Franklin and no 300th uh, game celebrations this week, unfortunately, which would have been nice against the Gold Coast. He could have uh, got a nice bag of six or seven goals. So a bit unfortunate there. Uh, Melbourne by 14 points over Fremantle. You have to think that uh, had Jesse Hogan and Stephen Hill been fit, that uh, they may have been able to overcome the Demons and uh, get the win, but it wasn't to be. Melbourne looked really good, and there was a bit of a resurgence for a few of their players. Uh, Brisbane Lions uh, really put the foot down in the second half. It was quite tight for the first half against St Kilda at Marble, but Brisbane uh, showed all their class and all their quality. Uh, especially Charlie Cameron with five goals, and they won by a comfortable 56 points. Bit of a percentage boost that they needed um, for their top eight position. Uh, Port Adelaide with the upset of the round, which if you go back to last week's podcast, I did call. I did put it on the podcast. I backed myself in. I did pick them, um, and they got up by 11 points. Again, the margin actually flattered Geelong, and their buy curse continues. And uh, given the scoring shots, it probably should have been in excess of probably anywhere between a three to five goal win for the power. So uh, very good result and very good effort. And Collingwood, uh, not convincing at all. And probably for a lack of the Bulldogs having some real scoring power and being able to score once they go inside 50, being able to hit the scoreboard. uh, That's the main problem with the Bulldogs. If they do get it, they do butcher it as well. Uh, Collingwood got up by nine points to round out the buy rounds, which we'll have a quick look at the ladder. Uh, Geelong on 44 points. Colling, uh, on Only one game clear now of uh, Collingwood in 40. Then rounding out the top four, GWS and West Coast on 36. Then Adelaide and Brisbane just outside the four in fifth and sixth on 32. Then Port and Frio round out the eight on 28 points. After that, you've got Richmond in ninth on 28 on percentage, then Essendon and St. Kilda on 24 points. Going to struggle from here on in the other four sides after that. Hawthorne, North Melbourne, Sydney, and the Bulldogs on 20. And probably out of that pack, which you wouldn't have thought a couple of weeks ago, Sydney looked the most likely out of that four, out of those four sides, if any, were going to make a run to the finals. Melbourne now on 16 points, Gold Coast on 12 points, and Carlton still last on eight points. So that is the ladder. All right. So a few things from the weekend that came to that came about. Uh, the Geelong buy curse. Is it fact or fiction? Speak to Chris Scott and speak to some ex-players. They tend to think it's um, uh, fiction, but it tends to be more fact. They've lost now eight after the buy in the middle of the season. That's not the concerning part. The concerning part is when there's finals around and their record after a week off and with the new situation of the round 23, then the buy, then if you win the first final, then another buy. They've only won once out of 12 attempts since the new rule. And 
basically it was only by two points and only in the last minute. So they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do. They've undertrained, they've overtrained. It's finding the right balance. It's more, I think, with Geelong a mental thing. It is a different side. I do think they will be better this time around, and I would hope that they could learn from their past mistakes and have an impact on this final series because they are, for mine, um, despite the loss last week, uh, probably the best side in the comp right now. Uh, with the other three, the top four basically is how it is in no particular order. Those are probably the four sides that have a chance of winning the premiership. So that's starting to take shape in that respect. All right. Uh, good news for West Coast. Um, more than likely, after a very strong waffle hit out, Nick Natanui will be back. And that is huge news for not only West Coast, but the competition because you hate to see a player as uh, as gifted and as um, talented as Natanui to be out of the game for as long as he has been. Um, and he will be a huge inclusion on the back end of the season. And I can ease him in a bit. And uh, then he can be cherrier up for the finals. What a luxury to have. Uh, and also more good news is that uh, even though Jeremy McGovern is out through suspension this week, the likelihood is is in that same match, Tom Barras came back from that foot injury and he was quite solid as well. So more than likely, Tom Barras comes in as well this week to ease himself back and then McGovern the week after. So West Coast looking fairly strong. Uh, the re-emergence of Melbourne and Tom McDonald. Um, a few of their fans were uh, heading for the slopes especially one that I know, Andy, Andy Warns, mentioned to you, mate. Uh, but he's come back from the slopes. He's uh, up and about after a, a good win over Frio. So uh, maybe perhaps this winter now going forward, they can come back from the ski fields, those Melbourne fans, with a bit of hope and a bit of renewed confidence. Um, but it is interesting to hear the uh, coaching staff uh, of Melbourne talking about how they thought that the first few weeks were going to be a struggle with the amount of injuries they had in the off-season, the amount of surgeries, how players came back, how players came in from different clubs. They didn't expect it to go longer than what it did, though, and that was the issue. What I would say with Melbourne is get your players right, get them, uh, get some confidence, get some momentum for next season because they're not as bad as what the position they're in and it just needs a bit of luck Players going, if need be, for surgery early, say from round sort of 17, 18 onwards, give them a full preseason and more than likely they'll be, I won't make any bold predictions about them hitting the top four, but they will be hitting the top eight in a similar way to what Adelaide was last season. Um, But they do need to address the forward line and perhaps the return form of uh, Tom McDonald is part of that. All right. Most open brown load that I can remember in years. I reckon this is a true fact because um, you haven't had a player dominate for the whole season the way Dustin Martin did in 2017, the way Dangerfield did in 2016, the way Fife did even back a few years ago. So it, you've, I, I'm just listing off a group of 10 players that could potentially put their hands up. Um, the favourites at the moment seem to be Tam, uh, Tim Kelly, and uh, Patrick Dangerfield, and with good reason, Geelong at the top of the ladder flying. Tim Kelly's had some amazing games, as has Dangerfield. Uh, Nathan Fife is in the mix. 
for for a few weeks as well. Lockie Neal for his start to the season. Michael Walters is coming on right now and avoided that suspension. And James Kelly, sorry, James Kelly used to play for Essendon and Geelong. Josh Kelly, obviously the Rolls Royce for GWS, starting to put some fine uh, weeks together. Uh, Brody Grundy's obviously been exceptional most of the season. Uh, Paddy Cripps has been carrying Carlton on one shoulder, but has he got enough to win the Brownlow? I'm not so sure. Uh, Luke Park has um, been exceptional in the last month. Can he continue that on for the rest of the season and therefore put himself in the mix for Brownlow? Uh, Max Gorn has obviously carried Melbourne most of the season. And then Travis Boak probably out of that whole lot. And look, it might be a bit of bias coming through, but you'd have to say he's been one of the most consistent out of that bunch of players throughout the whole season that he should be able to pick up most of Port's votes uh, bar a couple of games and he could put himself in the mix for an unlikely Brownlow, which would be a stunning revival from almost being on the scrap heap last season. Um, Is Charlie Cameron the best small forward in the comp? For mine, if he isn't, he goes very, very close. Remembering we've got the likes of Eddie Betts, Luke Bruce, uh, Robbie Gray, but he tends to be playing back to a more midfield role. Uh, there's there's a few others around as well. Grind Myers putting himself in the mix. Um, there, there's plenty of them, but Charlie Cameron's slowly starting to work his way up to the top of that tree. Uh, and when he does look out, because at the moment he's exceptional, the only problem is, is he's missed a lot of games through injury over the last couple of years. So gets his body right, look out, and with an exciting team like uh, Brisbane, uh, he could go a long, long way. And uh, I'll finish off before the launching pad. Uh, Port Adelaide. Now, I gave him a clip, and they deserved the clip um, for their selections. Uh, the way they played out that last quarter against Fremantle, the same old excuses, the coaching errors. Uh, it just looked about the same old, same old. Having said that, I thought this would be the game that um, they'd turn it around against Geelong because they love the spotlight. They love a bit of me, me, me. Um, they do like the big games against the big clubs where the pressure and expectation is more on the other side to win. Uh, than Port. I mean, if you look at the odds, Port blew out to, I think, about 285, 290 at home. Geelong were in, as I think, as uh, as low as $1.40. So just games like that. I mean, West Coast early in the season, they do like those games and they do thrive on them. That's not the issue. The issue I've got is when it really gets tough. And look, it did get tough against Geelong. Geelong came and they they weren't at their best, I'll say that but they did give it a good shake, especially through Ablett and Dangerfield. But Port got uh, got the selections right. They were right to drop right and west off. Lysette thrived on that. Um, Lena went out and Sam, Pe- uh, Sam Powell Pepper went out. So all of the inclusions, Wines, Dixon, Ebert, even Garner, who played a defensive role on Myers and seems to be forgotten in all of this, Um he was very good as well. So it was a very good team performance, A-plus for attitude, A-plus for selections, and even coaching A-plus because they took away Geelong's intercept game. They took away their ground ball gets, which is where Geelong thrive, uh, and they took away their contested possessions. So it was a brilliant, 
coaching and playing performance by Port Adelaide. So I'll give them credit when it's due. I'll also clip them when it's due. Um, all right, the launching pad. I, I struggled to uh, find uh, a real um, launching pad this week after I was sport for choice last week. But I'm going to launch on St Kilda in that third quarter because that was abysmal. The Lions piled on 9-3 point, killed the game then and there, and possibly, possibly, depending on the next couple of weeks' results, killed Alan Richardson's career right there. No one stood up at the Saints, and you have to wonder, is that Jaron Geary missing from that side, that sort of hard edge? Or is it just that the Saints were a bit too young? Where were their leaders? Hanabry was in his first game back, so you can't expect him to do it all. You just wonder where that leaves him. I mean, Billings is Billings is good. Ross is good. But they're not that elite. They're missing Jack Stephen. They're missing Jack Steele for a bit of hardness around the ball. They're missing um, two Ruckman as well. So they're relying on Rowan Marshall to get it done. And he's a fine young player. But there's a lot of expectation on him at the moment because he's the only fit Ruckman they've got. Um, Obviously, Paddy McCartan's away in the US trying to get himself sorted out. So the issues are there at the Saints. It's just a matter of Hanabry's in Carlisle's first game back. So hopefully they can bet in and um, be a lot better going forward, although Hanabry was very, very good for his first game up. But uh, it's put Richard under the spotlight after... The spotlight's been on Bolton, and we know what happened there. And, and the spotlight was on Brad Scott earlier, and we know what happened there, although that was more of a mutual thing. St. Kilda will say they'll last at the end of the season, but all it will take is another result like that against the Lions. And if that comes this week against Richmond, uh, look out, because they may just fire the bullet. They may have wasted their patience enough. And that's unfortunate because it looked like a couple of years ago that St. Kilda were going to be they're thereabouts for a final's berth and they haven't gone anywhere near it since, which is disheartening for their fans, um, disheartening for their sponsors and disheartening for the club as a whole. So you'd look for some um, improvement this week against Richmond, that's for sure. And it's not beyond them to to get the win. And also the, the other incident that occurred from that game, the spitting at Marvel. And we wonder why the behavioural awareness officers are out in force. It's for stu- stupid acts like that spitting off from a higher grandstand onto it, – it's a filthy act. What in their right minds I, made them think, that, no matter how old they were, made them think that that was appropriate. They were old enough to know right from wrong. Spitting off a balcony or a grandstand down onto people below is a heinous act, and it's disgusting. Cut it out. Do not do it. Um that's why there's extra security now. It's because of stupid idiots like this and those that drink too much and then decide, oh, he said something I don't like, I'm going to punch on. Just ignore it and move on. Um, so that's what's creating all the controversy. And uh, it's just got to stop. So get these, get rid of these idiots out of the ground that don't deserve to be there and don't want to be there. Get rid. All right, that's a launching pad done for this week. Let's head into round 15 and its preview. We've got Essendon versus GWS tomorrow night, 6.50 p.m. local time, 7.20 uh, in the Eastern States and 5.20 in Western Australia. Essendon, $2.55. GWS, $1.50. Marvel Stadium, 
couple of changes for both sides. Uh, Essendon, Guelphie goes out with that uh, injury that he received um, against West Coast. Uh, Martin Gleeson, his first game for 656 days, uh, comes in. Uh, amazing. Uh, a bit like Matthew Broadbent being out for a while. So uh, it's glad he uh, gets a recall. And then uh, Greater Western Sydney, a few uh, ins. Nick Hayden surprisingly returns after the bye. Uh, had a schedule there, intercept, rebound, defender. Uh, Zach Langdon comes in and Jackson Haightley, the South Australian uh who went quite early in the draft, highly touted. Uh, he gets his shot again. Out, uh, Jock Stein, uh, Matt DeBoer, obviously, with that shoulder, and Matthew bon- uh, Buntine's been admitted, admitted as well. I like GWS in this one. I think they're um, good value, rested after the buy. Essendon struggling without Stringer. Fantasia saw, uh, obviously, Danaher's virtually gone for the season again. So the they're lacking that firepower again up forward. McKernan hasn't hit the heights of last season. Um, you just wonder where their goals are going to come from. GWS, quality in the midfield, quality in attack. You've got Toby Green. You've got Jeremy Cameron, Jeremy Finlayson. You've got Zach Langdon now who provide a presence as well. So plenty of forward 50 pressure. You've got Kelly, Caniglio, Taranto coming out of the midfield along with Hopper. I just, I, I can't see, even though GWS don't travel that well in Melbourne, uh, it's more the MCG, and I think they get the win at Marvel. Friday night is an absolute cracker, and the odds don't reflect that. 7.20 p.m., uh, 7.50 in the Eastern States, and 5.50 in West Australia. Geelong, $1.30. Adelaide, three forty at GMHBA Stadium in Geelong. If Geelong are 0-8 now after the bye... Uh, their record after the week, after the bye, is 7-0. and And they'd be looking to stretch that to 8-0. Back home, fired up. Adelaide refreshed after the bye, but uh, they're walking into an ambush, I think. Geelong will be... Uh, they're not happy cats. And we know what not happy cats are like. They're quite snarly. Uh, they're quite aggressive. And I'd expect that Geelong will return serve against the other Adelaide side. Adelaide are good enough to uh, get the win. I just don't think they will. Uh, $3.40 for a reason, but I, I wouldn't think this blows out. This, is, this isn't this is a game that will blow out. I think it'll be three to between that sort of two to five goal margin and five goal margin at the higher end of the spectrum. So I'd expect Geelong will get the chocolates, but only just. Uh, look out for Patrick Dangerfield. He loves Friday Night Lights. He loves playing against his old side. Uh, and he loves playing at GMHBA Stadium, the perfect storm. So uh, expect that there might be a three-vote game from Paddy. Oh, he also enjoys uh, playing the week after uh, the birth of a child as well. So, uh, And congratulations to Paddy and Marty on the birth of their second child too. So for mine, Geelong in that one, Snarly Cats are always uh, nasty cats to play. And, uh, yeah, I'm backing them in on that one. Saturday, 1.15 p.m., Hawthorne versus West Coast. Hawthorne, 2.55, West Coast, $1.50. West Coast likely to have Nick-Nack Paddywhack back and uh, also Thomas Barras. They're starting to look stronger. They're starting to look ominous. The MG, the MCG hoodoo, hoodoo is over. Um, you'd, you'd 
have to think the way Hawthorne are going. They won't get Wingard back this week again. Uh, they're struggling for numbers. Sicily's down on form and being playing up, being played up forward out of position. But if he comes back to defence, they they may get a bit of continuity. But then they'll have to bring in someone like Mitch Lewis or Jackson Ross or even Hanrahan. Just they need that forward presence. They're just struggling to score goals. Um, look for Hutchings probably go to O'Meara. Um, or uh, even uh, even Warple, but uh, I'd say to be O'Meara, he cut out the um, strongest link. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think even that it could be, I wouldn't be surprised if Clarkson pulls a rabbit out of the hat, but I'd back uh, West Coast and some sin in this one. All right, 4.05 p.m., the Saturday Twilight, Sydney versus the Gold Coast, SCG. Sydney will have to find a replacement for Buddy Franklin, which is unfortunate. It would have been his 300th and quite a celebration, but it's not. Uh, probably Tom McCartan comes back in. And their young guns have been doing well, so that's not a surprise to see Tommy come back in. Uh, Gold Coast at $5 have lost Calamar Chief for the rest of the season, which is a shame. A number eight draft pick who just can't get on the park. But a better news for them, Isaac Rankin, uh, the number two pick looks like, or number three pick, he was one of the two, uh, looks like coming back in uh, for Gold Coast over the coming weeks. So that will be a bit of a boost for them. Uh, which they really need because now they've lost nine straight after uh, losing to St. Kilda before the bye. So just looking for something from the Gold Coast, something positive, something they can hang their hat on. I don't think they'll beat Sydney, not up there. Um, I think Sydney are in uh, some really good form at the moment and on the likes of uh, Tommy Papley, uh, Callum Mills, uh, Luke Parker, Nick Blakey, uh, who's been superb up forward. Uh, Jordan Dawson is another one as well, using um, his foot skills out of back line. Jake Lloyd, obviously solid as always. Um, getting some uh, real structure together out of Alira Lear and Melikin. So they're starting to gel as a unit, and uh, you think here it's a formality that they win this by probably a minimum of four to five goals, I would think. Saturday night, 6.55. This is an interesting one. Again, I'm going in local time, so... I'm not going to do it for every game. Work out half an hour forward, so 7.25 Victoria, and obviously an hour and a half back from 6.55 being 5.25 in Western Australia. Collingwood, $1.33, strong favourites over North Melbourne, 3.25 at Marvel. I think this has banana skin written all over it. Collingwood's not in great form of late. They beat Melbourne, uh, did what they had to do. They they only just fell over the line against the Bulldogs. Um, they're sort of struggling for consistency and rhythm. Their forward line's not really playing to their absolute maximum. They're struggling for cohesion down there. That they Goey's obviously having to play the real number one role now that Stevenson's not there. And I think that could have a major impact if they don't get Jamie Elliott back soon on how much that affects their scoring. So Collingwood, for mine, I think can be upset in this one. I think North Melbourne... After the week off, they had, they had a few good games under Reese Shaw, but then GWS brought them back to earth a bit. I think this one they'll be primed and ready for it, refreshed, and uh, look for a Jack Zeeble-inspired North Melbourne to cause an upset over Collingwood. And the only downfall being that um, North Melbourne have had to deal with the uh, Taylor Garner issue where he's been he has been dropped to the VFL. Uh, there was an incident in a Sydney nightclub, a um, bit of an assault. So uh, I won't um, go into it too much. So obviously there's a little bit in it for Tyler Gunner, whether that's breaking team rules or breaking team protocol or whether there's actually more to it. 
Um, we'll just have to let that play out and see see what occurs there. I'm not going to go um, assassinating the bloke when I don't know what's going on. So uh, he gets dropped to the VFL as a bit of a punishment. Um, 7-10, Saturday night at the Adelaide Oval. Port Adelaide versus the Bulldogs. Port Adelaide now obviously getting the win, getting their confidence up, but they need to back it up. It can't be a yo-yo um, season. They need to back it up with a good win here against the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs will challenge their midfield, but I think Port's defence should be good enough to uh, hold out the Bulldogs. Port are $1.30, the Bulldogs three forty. Um And if Port get enough ball into the forward line, I think Connor Rosie, Charlie Dixon, um, Brad Ebert, and a few of the others, uh, Sammy Gray, and a few of the others should be able to um, get enough scoreboard pressure and get the win in this one. Um, again, watch for Boak uh, in the centre. Watch uh, Lysett. Cleary had an excellent game against Hawkins, so I'd expect him to uh, have, have a really good game again. Um, Dan Houston played a, a good midfield role. Played a tagging role in the second half though, on Tim Kelly, so could do that again on a um, Jackson Cray or a Josh Dunkley, so look for that, but he's been really good. I wouldn't expect too many changes at Port, but obviously uh, Howard and Amon are both suspended, so they will need to make two changes, and you probably think Leanett, or Laddams come in for Howard. Uh, and then it's just a matter of who comes in for Amon, probably Willem Drew. Uh, all right, so Sunday game, Sunday 12.40, St. Kilda, Richmond, Marvel. This is very interesting, very, very interesting. And uh, St. Kilda will need to respond and need to respond well. Richmond refreshed, will be getting a fair few players back, the likes of Cochin, Asbury, Lambert, uh, possibly Short, um, so they will be looking uh, looking fairly uh, settled compared to their last game against Adelaide. Uh, also, they'll get Ivan Soldo back, uh, which will be a huge plus. Uh, two young guns going out at Soldo and Marshall and Ruck. That'll be one to watch. St. Kilda can get a bit of run, and they can get on the outside of Richmond. It'll be interesting to see how this is played because it'll be two contrasting styles. Don't be surprised if St. Kilda get the upset, but I think Richmond after the week off, you have to back them in, and that's where the bookies have got them at $1.28 and St. Kilda three sixty. so I think that's about right. All right, up at the Gabba, the uh, Brisbane Lions get a bit of a uh, bit of a Sunday showcase game, uh, the Channel 7 match at two fifty. so Brisbane are $1.50, Melbourne are two fifty five. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. A couple of weeks ago, you wouldn't have been thinking that this could be... Um, a tight affair, but Melbourne after last week beating one of the informed sides in Frio, they're not without half a chance. Um, I think though Brisbane's back line will have Melbourne covered and Melbourne will struggle to contain uh, the three-pronged uh, tall attack of Brisbane and Charlie Cameron. I don't think they've really got a matchup for him. So I like Brisbane in this one. Likely James Harms probably goes to... Uh, Lockie Neal, because Lockie Neal has been struggling to break a tag, uh, and you'd expect that um, that would be the case. So I like Brisbane in this one, and even though despite Melbourne's good form, um, I think that Brisbane, if they're the side that I think they are and can push higher, I think they get a uh, five-goal-plus win here at home. All right, last game of the round, Fremantle versus Carlton at Optus Stadium. Uh, Carlton coming off a well-deserved bye and uh, 
well-deserved in the fact that they needed it, not well-deserved in the fact that they played well. Um, but it just refreshes them with a new coach. Uh, Paddy Cripps gets a rest from his uh, sore, sore uh, let's start that again, sore shoulders from carrying Carlton most of the season and gives their young players a bit of a rest, a bit of a time to recharge like Sam Walsh, uh, Paddy Dow, Petresky Seaton, and perhaps now they can uh, push on in the last uh, back end of the season. Frio, though, they'll be uh, they'll be uh, fuming about losing uh, Jesse Hogan to a foot injury and Stephen Hill to a hamstring. They do they do hold Walters. He didn't get suspended, so that's crucial. And I think he can play a big impact in this one along with Fife. Um, Darcy at home should be able to hold his own against uh, against. Cruiser. So I would think that Frio will probably get the win in this one. But don't be surprised if Carlton pushed them all the way and it's only one in the last quarter because Frio have had some really close encounters and most of them, bar the Melbourne game, they've actually won uh, when you look at it. So they're really good at uh, closing out the uh, close wins. So Freo in this one to finish off. All right, the gold, silver, bronze matches. Geelong, Adelaide, gold. Collingwood, uh, Kangaroos, silver. Hawthorne, West Coast, bronze. Last week, I got six out of six tips, two locks, and the uh, one upset. So the, my locks were Collingwood and Sydney. One upset was Port. Haydos got five out of six, two locks, and his one best value pick of Port. This week, I've gone for Sydney and Brisbane as my lock. North Melbourne and Hawthorne as my upset. Best value in Melbourne and Western Bulldogs. I've tipped GWS, the Cats, the Eagles, the Swans, Kangaroos, in an upset power, Tigers, Lions, and Dockers. Um, thank you very much for listening to the episode. Thank you to all the new and old listeners. Remember, this podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, which is iTunes, and Podbean. And you can follow me on The Sporting One on Facebook, uh, at the sporting one on Instagram and one underscore sporting on Twitter and go to podcast central for all your podcast shows. Thank you very much. Enjoy.